You are listening to episode number 16 of the You Are Nourished podcast. It's the $64 million question, but how do I lose weight if I'm not dieting? I'm breaking it all down in today's episode. Side note, the answer is not as black and white as you're thinking. Grab a hot drink and stay tuned. Are you tired of dieting, fed up with constantly stressing out about food and sick to death of feeling like absolute rubbish because no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get control over your eating habits? Well, my love, you are in the right place. I'm Lauren Gafer. I'm a nutritional therapist and a mindset coach. I'm a mum of two and I happen to be partial to an oat milk latte and a Friday night gin and tonic. But I am mostly on a mission to make sure that you never go on another diet. On this podcast, my goal is to liberate you from restrictive and unsustainable diets by learning how to eat more intuitively, teaching you how to nourish yourself in body and mind, and helping you feel the best you've ever felt without ever counting another calorie again. Let's dive into today's episode. and welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you here on another episode. So today we are talking all about weight and weight loss. And I don't think it's something I've covered in much detail here on the podcast, but we need to talk about it because if we're talking about dieting, then we need to talk about weight loss because let's face it, the reason why you went on a diet in the first place was to lose weight. Am I right? There's no dieting without a desire for weight loss. And I'm all about helping you to quit dieting. So a question that I often get asked and a stumbling block that often comes up for people on this journey is around the weight loss piece. So the question goes, well, how am I going to lose weight if I'm not on a diet? How am I going to maintain or control my weight if I'm not counting every calorie if I'm not obsessing about everything that I put into my mouth. Surely I'm going to end up really out of control around food. Surely I'm going to gain tons of weight and completely lose control around food if I stop dieting. I'm going to end up eating all the foods on my forbidden list and I won't be able to stop and I'm going to balloon to the size of a house and it'll just be a complete and utter disaster. Well, look, this is not true. I help people to feel more in control around food without dieting. So let me just ask you this question. How in control around food do you actually feel when you are dieting or right now even? How in control around food do you actually feel when you are restricting food? I'm going to hazard a guess is that you feel really quite out of control around food. Sure, there might be a period of time where you're completely on it and you're managing your intake and you're tracking all your calories and all of your macros and you feel like you're doing brilliantly, but there is this constant hum of anxiety that you are going to spill into being really out of control around food. And quite often it's just one biscuit that can lead to a total binge and ending up eating the whole packet and going, well, sod it, I've broken my diet now, I might as well just eat everything in sight and start again on Monday. How long have you been trapped in that particular cycle? So how in control are you around food when that keeps happening? So this fear of 
ending up feeling out of control around food and gaining tons and tons of weight as a result of that when you stop dieting is one of the reasons that people stay stuck on the diet hamster wheel. It's just a, a, a fear, a lack of self-trust around food. And what I try and do is help to people help people to trust themselves around food, which in turn enables your body to trust you around food again. So a couple of things that I'm going to be sharing with you today are around the BMI and the myth of the BMI, how I promote healthy behaviours regardless of somebody's size, and also get you to rethink your beliefs a little bit around the common misconception that being in a smaller body, being thin, being skinny, automatically equals being healthy. But before I dig into those things, I just want to share a little bit around my, I guess, my professional journey around sort of weight and weight loss and how it's evolved over the years. So I've never, ever marketed myself as a weight loss nutritionist. It's not something I've ever shouted about. Even when I was working in private practice with clients one-to-one, I generally focused on hormones and women's health and gut health. But Within that, a lot of the clients that came to see me wanted to lose weight, and so I would help them and support them with that, although that wasn't ever really the primary focus. And sure, as a result of adding in healthier behaviours, adding in healthier habits and foods and and swapping out some of the less nutritious options for more nutritious ones, then weight would perhaps fall away or would start to stabilise. And really, for me, it was about just getting away from kind of any fad diets and um, any nonsense and cleanses and detoxes and anything along those lines. Certainly, I would never recommend anything like that to a client and helping them to become healthier. And so weight loss may have been a side effect of that outcome. When I moved my business online and started running five-day challenges and started my membership, I was working with more and more women and the number one thing that they wanted was weight loss. So whenever I run a five-day challenge or a boot camp, one of the questions that I ask people when they join the community is, you know, what do you want to get out of this challenge? What do you want to get out of this experience? And more often than not, a lot of women will say, I need to lose X pounds, X kilos, stones, whatever. Very often people have quite a specific number in mind of the weight that they want to achieve, their goal weight or a number that they they want to lose. And I began to see this more and more and more. And what I found, especially with my five day shift the sugar challenge, which I used to run, but don't run anymore, is that after five days, a lot of people would get to the five days and we would celebrate all of their wins. And so many people would post, I've lost five pounds, I've lost three pounds, I've lost seven pounds. And everyone was like, yay, go you, you're amazing. And you know, the kind of cultural congratulation for managing to lose a little bit of weight. And let's face it, the whatever weight you lose over five days is not a significant amount of fat loss. It's generally just water retention and switching to healthier foods over a short period of time. But, you know, I was in on this as well. And, you know, I wasn't really in the anti-diet space as yet. But as my challenges evolved... I began to feel more uncomfortable with people posting the weight that they'd lost in the, in the five days because there was always a few people who'd go, well, I haven't lost any weight. What's wrong with me? What have I done wrong? I followed exactly the same plan as everybody else, but I've gained two pounds or my weight stayed exactly the same. This isn't for me. This hasn't worked. I'm on my way. Goodbye. And so I, I began to see this pattern of, well, I'm 
everyone's following the same plan. How come some people are losing weight and how come some people are not? And in my, the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, maybe some of them are eating in secret and they're not telling anybody about it. But that wasn't the case. What I came to realize is, is that two people can follow exactly the same eating plan and have completely different outcomes when it comes to weight because everybody's body is different. Everybody's history is different. Some people may be on medication or may have a, a different health condition or any number of reasons why somebody might be holding on to weight versus somebody else who can lose it more easily. So I began to feel really uncomfortable with this and I started to forbid <laughs> talking about weight loss in my communities and in my challenges. And I explained, look, you may come into this process with a number in your mind and you may lose a certain number of pounds after five days or three weeks or three months or how however long. And as long the longer we continue to celebrate this, the more other people are going to feel bad about themselves if they're not achieving the same results. And this is when I really, really started to get into the whole anti-diet movement and realised that it's bullshit. You know, comparing two people by a number is just nonsensical. And celebrating somebody who's managed to lose a few pounds and not celebrating somebody who hasn't just is, isn't right. And it felt so wrong in my gut. And that's when I really started to move much more to towards ditching diets and food freedom and helping people to adopt healthier behaviours and healthier habits and worry less about the number on a scale. And that's one thing that I actually get people to do once they join my membership is to stop weighing themselves. Now, this is something I'll talk about you know, in more detail another time, but it really is the key to ditching diets and stopping judging yourself by a number on a scale. So let's talk about the BMI for a minute, because this is something that medical professionals and Slimming World and Weight Watchers and whoever still use. It's still commonly used as a measure for health. And we need to shout about the fact that it tells you absolutely nothing about your health it tells you absolutely nothing about anything other than how tall you are and what your your relation to gravity is, essentially. So it was created in the 1800s by a mathematician to collect statistics on body size. And then at some point in the later 20th century, I think in the 1970s, um, it was started to use as an index. And all it measures is somebody's height in comparison to their weight. That is it. it doesn't tell you anything about bone density or a person's muscle or fat distribution or how much fat they have in their body. It doesn't tell you anything. And it's just a, you know, a chart and doctors and, and other professionals have used this index as a measure for health for so many decades. And it's it needs to, to stop. People need to stop using it. And you need to stop using it as a measure for your health. Interestingly, in 1998, the cutoff for being overweight was changed. It was reduced from 27 to 25. So currently, the, you know, the BMI for somebody considered overweight is over 25. But in 1998, it was over 27. So suddenly, overnight, millions of people who were considered to be a normal weight were suddenly considered to be overweight. What do you think happened to their behaviours and their body image as a result of this? It just, there was no rhyme or reason for it to happen. It was the World Health Organisation who just decided one day, no, we're going to reduce that. People who 
you know, getting too overweight, we need to reduce that overweight BMI, and now it's 25. So all of these millions of people that were sitting at 26, 27 BMI that were considered to be a normal weight were suddenly considered to be overweight, and as a result of that, unhealthy, and what you then need to do is go on a diet to reduce your BMI. But as we know, diets do not promote healthy behaviours, do not promote healthy habits, and do not promote a healthy relationship with food, that's for sure. Another interesting fact that um, I want you to know about is um, mortality rate. There's so much fear-mongering around being obese and overweight that, you know, you're going to die young. Um, you know, the fatter you are, the, 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 the shorter you're going to live. Well, in actual fact, the statistics show that people with a better mortality rates are in the overweight category. Uh, it's it certainly, you know, your risk increases at BMI of 30, 35 plus, but people in the, in the overweight category ha actually have a better mortality rate than people with a lower BMI. So just goes to show, looking at somebody, you cannot tell what health status they have simply by looking at somebody. And certainly being skinny or being you know in a smaller size body does doesn't tell you anything about their health because you could have a really skinny person who is naturally skinny or who is skinny as a result of unhealthy behaviors could be really really unhealthy and not have good blood blood markers versus somebody who perhaps is in that overweight category more curvaceous but um, has really healthy behaviors and who has much better blood work than somebody who's a completely different size so you could comparing people's health based on their size is total nonsense and we need to focus on healthy lifestyle behaviors regardless of somebody's size now, I don't judge anybody for wanting to lose weight. I completely understand how it feels to feel uncomfortable in your body, to not like what you see when you look in the mirror, to you know want to wear a smaller dress size, to want to lose weight for particular occasions, holidays, weddings, birthdays, whatever. I get that. I've been there. I've done it. I'm not 100% healed from this. I'm still on this journey for sure, but I'm definitely a lot further along than I was a few years ago where I definitely had some unhealthy behaviors around food and a really, really poor body image. It's something I'm continuing to work on. But if you look at a photo of yourself when you were slimmer and remember thinking, God, I remember, I remember feeling fat in that photo and yet you look at yourself now and you wish you were the size you were 10 years ago, then it's never ever been about your size and it's always been about your body image. And that is a key part of this. And again, something that I will talk about in more detail in another episode, but that is the key thing here is that, you know, body image comes down to diet culture and the fact that we are led to believe that being slimmer is more attractive, that we're going to be more attractive to, you know, to other people um, if we are slimmer. And that is a long held belief that has been a feature of diet culture from the beginning of diet culture's time. So I don't judge anybody for wanting that because it's genuinely part of what we have grown up with for most of our lives. I just don't teach it. I just don't give methods for intentional weight loss. I don't agree with the popular methods for intentional weight loss, i.e. calorie restriction and macro tracking and all of that kind of nonsense. What I believe is that that creates really, really unhealthy thoughts about food and about your body. And so I'm very much about helping people to develop healthy behaviours and, crucially, weight stability. Now, 
Whilst I don't support people with intentional weight loss, that's not to say that a side effect of adopting healthier behaviours isn't going to be weight loss. I'm just never going to promise that you're going to lose a certain number of pounds or kilos or stones, whatever you use for your measurement of weight, as a result of adopting these behaviours. And I encourage you to adopt these behaviours for different goals other than simply losing a certain number of pounds. So I want people to feel better. I want people to have more energy. I want people to have reduced cravings and sleep better and have balanced hormones and all of those kinds of things. I'm not really interested in what you weigh because you can still have energy and sleep well and have balanced hormones and live in a slightly larger body size than is deemed quote unquote acceptable by society. Like I said, you cannot tell anything about a person's health by looking at them. What I want to help you to avoid is the constant yo-yoing of your weight. And that's what dieting is going to do. You will go on a diet, you will lose a certain, you know, a certain amount of weight, and chances are you're going to put all that weight back on after you've fallen off your diet with a little bit of extra for good measure, and you're going to blame yourself for that, and you're going to go back on your diet, and so on and so forth ad infinitum. What I want to do is break that cycle so that your weight is not constantly going up and down, up and down, up and down, because that's not healthy. That's not healthy for your metabolism, and ultimately what that ends up doing is creating over the long term an increase in your weight over those years that you are dieting. So what we want to get to is a point where your weight is stable, where your weight is happy, where your weight is healthy for you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be within that normal BMI range. It might be slightly over. And that's okay. As long as you are engaging in healthy behaviours and you feel good about yourself and your body. When you are eating nutritious foods, when you're not feeling guilty about everything you're putting in your mouth, when you're not binge eating or eating in secret, when you're not skipping meals or tracking calories, and when you're able to enjoy your life and live a full life that includes you know, eating all kinds of foods at different occasions, holidays, weddings, bar mitzvahs, whatever, without guilt and without that leading to you spiraling into a zone of being out of control around food, that is your healthy place. That is your healthy weight. And whatever number that is, I'm not really interested. It could be one number for one person and a different number for somebody else. So what I want to help you and support you and encourage you with is to stop hating ourselves, to stop looking in the mirror and hating everything that we see, to stop obsessing about stretch marks and cellulite and normal parts of bodies because we have been led to believe that we don't have stretch marks and we don't have cellulite and we don't have rolls. We do. (laughs) Normal bodies do have these things. Unfortunately, every time we open up Instagram or, you know, a magazine, it's always about being thinner. And let's face it, most of these images are airbrushed. Even the models don't look like themselves. So we're trying to achieve and attain a standard of beauty that doesn't even exist. So I want to help you break this down and learn to love yourself. And even if you don't love what you what you see when you look in the mirror, to at least accept and appreciate your body for what it can do for you. And when you are healthy, and I use that term to mean engaging in healthy lifestyle behaviours, that's when you can start to appreciate all the things that your body can do for you and be less critical of every single lump and bump. I 
appreciate that there are certain health conditions that are made worse by being heavier. I completely understand that. And many many of you may have, you know, visited the doctor and been told that in order to alleviate your knee pain, you need to lose weight. That in order to reduce your inflammation and your arthritis, you need to lose weight. That in order to uh, sleep better, you need to lose weight. It seems as though when an overweight or larger bodied person visits a medical professional for any kind of condition, the one size fits all solution for them is to lose weight. And people in smaller bodies do not experience this. And that is weight stigma. And it is prevalent in the medical community. Not saying every doctor out there promotes this, but certainly I am sure that a lot of you may have experienced this where you've gone to the doctor for something and the resolution for you has been, the prescription has been go and lose weight and you're given a pamphlet for Slimming World or some sort of shake diet and that I cannot believe in this day and age is still happening but I know for a fact it still is because we had a member in my membership post in the group recently to say she'd been to the doctor and been told to go on this 12-week shake diet to lose weight. Now, a lot of people don't have to experience this. And many medical professionals are still working with very, very outdated research, including the BMI, for what is considered to be healthy. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I do understand. I do appreciate that there are certain health conditions that would be ameliorated and alleviated by weight loss. But I still don't agree with dieting as the solution for that. If we put the weight loss to one side and we start to engage in healthier behaviours, including eating more nutritious foods to help reduce inflammation, putting healthier habits in place around movement and sleep and stress reduction, all of these things will help to improve your blood markers, your blood sugar, your cholesterol, your inflammation markers. And that at the end of the day is what I consider to be healthy, not whatever we see when we stand on the scale. So now that you have listened to this, have your opinions and beliefs changed a little bit about what it means to be healthy and that the number on a scale does not necessarily determine your weight, that two people can weigh exactly the same and have completely different health markers and two people can have different bodies, different size and shape bodies and have completely different health markers. What's important, what I judge, the numbers that I'm interested in are your blood sugar, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your longevity, and how you feel over and above everything else, regardless of any of those numbers. Do you feel good when you wake up in the morning? Do you have energy? Are you able to move your body in a way that brings you joy? Do you have healthy habits around nutritious food? And are you you able to go on holiday and eat an ice cream without feeling guilty? That to me is health. And health is wealth. So I really want to encourage you to start thinking differently about this and to start challenging those long-held beliefs around body size and health because they are very, very outdated and there are many, many things that you can do to improve your health that have nothing to do with that number on a scale. All right, my lovelies, that was a big juicy one as these episodes quite often are and there is so much more to say and talk about on this topic around things like body image and weight stigma and fat phobia and all that kind of thing, which I'm not going to go into here, but it is a it is a big topic and it's something that I will continue to talk about to help you feel more comfortable and confident in your own skin and in your own habits and behaviours. So if you would like to start your journey towards having a 
healthier relationship with food and a healthier relationship with your body to help you reduce your cravings and start to adopt healthier habits so that you can achieve a healthy mindset um, around food, then I would love you to join me on my Food Freedom Bootcamp, which is kicking off next Monday, the 9th of May. Simply head to youarenourished.com forward slash bootcamp. I will leave the link in the show notes for you. It's just £7 to register. It's going to be amazing. Five full days of training and workshops and Q&As and community. We've got recipes and all sorts and prizes and it's going to be fantastic. I love running these um, events and this one is going to be even better than all my previous ones. So if you've not signed up yet, then make sure you do that because I honestly, genuinely do not know when I will be running this again. So get yourself signed up and I will hopefully see you inside my bootcamp. Have for now, have a great day and I'll see you next week. Thank you again for spending your time with me today. If this episode was valuable to you, I would truly appreciate it if you shared it with someone that would find it helpful. Also, don't forget you can find all the resources, links and show notes over at youarenourished.com. See you next week on the You Are Nourished podcast. Bye for now.